I realized I had trouble pronouncing words I heard clearly in my head but couldn't quite formulate with my mouth. I'm very, very private about all my writing. As one would imagine would be appropriate to someone who wrote a book called What He Did in Solitary. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast, well, I mean, Julianne Moore, only if I could be there while she was recording and we could have lunch together. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet author Stephen Rowley, poet Amit Majmadar, and author A.S. King. Listen in to learn what it was like for these authors to bring the characters and rhythms of their books to life, and how the voices in their heads translated into their narrative styles. Plus, behind-the-scenes insights, delightful mispronunciations, and from-the-heart audiobook recommendations. Enjoy! Hi, this is Stephen Rowley, author of The Gunkle. I was inspired to write The Gunkle after hosting my nieces and nephews in Palm Springs. Palm Springs, California is often looked at as a place where people retire, and I was fascinated to see young people and experience the city through their eyes, the swimming pools, the mountains, the desert climate, roadrunners, all the things that I took for granted. Children seemed to absolutely delight in them, and it was fun to set a story in that location. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook, I would say the whole experience was an adventure. Authors hear their work so specifically, and it lives for so long exclusively in their heads, that it can sometimes be jarring to hear other people read it out loud. That said, I didn't know that I could summon the actor in me or that I could perform it in the way exactly that I was hearing it. I was nervous when I stepped into the studio for the first time, but I was quickly put at ease by a great team, and I hope you enjoy the results. In recording the audiobook, I realized I had trouble pronouncing several things, specifically proper names, but also words I heard clearly in my head but couldn't quite formulate with my mouth. Erudite. Erudite? Erudite. That's a perfect example. I'm excited that listeners will get to experience this modern take on anti-mame. Patrick Dennis, who wrote the novel Anti-Mame and created the character, was closeted for most of his life. It was fun to imagine what this story might be like if we could reclaim a big sort of body character and write it in a way that maybe he would have if he were free to write openly or if society allowed writers to write openly gay characters at the time. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, oh, who would I cast? Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek or Billy Eichner, the comedian, people who sort of are famous for their exasperation or playing sort of larger-than-life characters. I think either of them would be great. The last audiobook that I really loved. I think Daisy Jones and the Six. If you're familiar with that novel, it's written as an oral history, and they brought together a great cast of voice actors to make this book that's told in so many different character voices come to life. It's not unlike seeing an entire play or listening to a play. I love listening to audiobooks by the pool. 
This is Palm Springs, California, after all. Swimming pools are everywhere. I haven't quite mastered listening to an audiobook in the pool, but if I could do that and swim laps while listening, I'll have to see if I can figure that out. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. It's brunch. You don't know brunch? Is it breakfast? Grant asked while being strapped in his car seat. He was six and had a pronounced lisp. No. Patrick gave the straps a good tug. Secure. Thirty-six hours had passed and the subject of his taking the kids had come up nine more times. He volunteered to treat them both to brunch without other adults just to avoid a tenth. Fingers on noses, he said before slamming the door. Did he really just utter that out loud? It was something his mother used to say. Hi, this is Amit Majmadar, author of What He Did in Solitary. The book is a collection of poetry, so a lot of different things inspired me to write it, whether it was politics, faith, incarceration, love, loss, all those things played into it, and different poems are inspired by different things, and I put them all together into one book, and this is the book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be surreal. Why? Well, I am a big audiobook listener. I listen to audiobooks basically every day of my life for several years now. And this is the first time I've been behind the mic. I'm actually the narrator of an audiobook. And even just saying things like, you know, we hope you have enjoyed this production of What He Did in Solitary, it's the most surreal experience for me. It's kind of like I've stepped through the looking glass. There are so many words that I use as a writer, often from other languages, that I'm not exactly 100% correct in pronouncing. Apparently, I am terrible about this. I always said larvae, and it's apparently larvae, you know? There's other ones like that, too. And it's just an embarrassingly long list that I discovered as I was recording this. That's what I get for being so utterly literary and not really talking about literature or fancy intellectual stuff with anybody. I, I'm very, very private about all my writing. As one would imagine would be appropriate to someone who wrote a book called What He Did in Solitary. From a logistical standpoint, I'm kind of proud that I got it all done in one sitting, one morning. But it's a book of poetry, so that's not really saying much. Poetry books aren't usually that long. One thing that I'm excited for listeners to hear is the music of the poetry. I think when poetry is on the page, a lot of that can kind of get missed or elided. But I hope that in reciting it aloud in this intimate way into a microphone to the audiobook audience, they'll be able to hear the rhymes, the alliteration, the assonance, the stuff that makes poetry poetry and makes it different than prose. I really hope that that's something that listeners pick up on, and I'm really excited for them to hear that. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would want the late Robin Sachs to do it. I love that voice of his. He was a marvelous audiobook narrator, and he has this very, very just appealing voice. It very much appeals to me. You know, I love so many audiobooks, and it's tough to pick just one, so I guess I really will pick the last great one I listened to, which was Blitzed, Drugs in the Third Reich. And it was just so illuminating to learn about how the Blitzkrieg really worked because the Wehrmacht was hopped up on crystal meth 
And so many things started making sense. Hitler's deterioration is also really illuminated by this book. You begin to realize that he was on this cocktail of multiple drugs and animal hormones, and the details of it are mind-boggling. I like to listen to audiobooks while walking. I like to listen to audiobooks while driving. Really, the only situation where I don't listen to audiobooks is while I'm working out because I find that it distracts me from whether I'm lifting weights or, or doing anything. I use music for that to kind of hype me up. I will listen to audiobooks, you know, doing chores, you know, anything like that. Any busy work, I got an audiobook going, and it's just been a game changer for me for several years now. I've been able to get through so many books as a result of it. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Never laid a snare for nothing. Never caught a bullfrog. Broke my slingshot wishbone. Wishing. Never had a smoke. Never clipped a baseball card to thudder in the spokes. My fist clenched an ink pen. And I learned what to think when. And never swore no honest engine. And never spat. And never struck. Where you gone, Tom? Where you at, Huck? I call myself a man today, though I've never been a boy. And dug for treasure in the woods, or lost myself in play, feared dead for seven days. Until I showed up by my grave and made a sniffling town rejoice. I could have been a pirate, Mama at least a Robin Hood. But I was always up to something employable and good. Hi, this is A.S. King, author of Switch. I wrote the book for a few reasons. I didn't know that the pandemic was coming, that's for sure, but I did want to talk about what would happen if time stopped and if human beings had a chance to re-examine their lives and how they live them. And then the pandemic happened, and I, I realized that many of us didn't take the time to change our lives and stuff like that. Or, and then some of us did. I don't know. We're not out of it yet, right? So maybe by the time people are listening to this, we are out of it, and you guys will have more of an answer than I do. And then when it comes to the switch part of the book, because, of course, there's really just kind of two storylines going together, I think I just wanted to explore, you know, a family going through hardship and try and help them out. And as usual, I wanted to make sure that people understand that sometimes teenagers have the best ideas and kids have the best ideas on how to get out of things. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. And it sounds weird because it's actually, there's a lot of pressure and it's, I'm not a voice actor, so that's hard at the same time. My brain, you know, attacks me because I'm human. But I'm going to pick fun because the director, Andrea, and sound dude, Mike, who's amazing here in the studio, it was just nice to come back and work with these two again. And I just, I felt no dread upon arriving and having to do this. And I enjoyed it. So fun is the word I'm going to choose. I realized I had trouble pronouncing well, there's a few words, but the one that got me, I think, the most takes was the word soothed. I still have trouble saying it. I kept saying sued, but soothed was really hard to say. And then there were some Portuguese phrases that definitely were challenging. <laughs> this is what you get when you put Portuguese or any other language that you don't speak in your books. 
It's hard to figure out what I'm proud of when it comes to the narration. It's weird, you know, as a writer, I don't necessarily want the listeners to hear me, but in this book, I think I do. I think one of the things that is challenging about audio sometimes is that some books almost don't translate into audio. I just read one recently, and the entire book was in Courier, and it should have been in Courier, and it made a huge difference to the book. And there's no way you can put a font in an audiobook. The same as in this case, there's really no way I could put slash punctuation in an audiobook, but I tried, so I'm pretty proud that I tried anyway. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast... Well, I mean, Julianne Moore, like always, only if I could be there while she was recording and we could have lunch together. <laughs> but honestly, after um, listening to Dig, which was a really interesting thing to listen to the whole production because you guys did such a great job in it, but Tanya Cornelise, I would listen to her read any audiobook. I absolutely enjoyed her reading. The last audiobook that I listened to and loved is a toss-up. I listened to a book I read many times, which was The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, and that's a stunning audiobook. I highly recommend it. I listened to that right around election time, so probably bad timing, but great book. And the other one I listened to was Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Nyeri. That was a great listen, and then I went ahead and read it with my eyeballs after that, but it was a fantastic, fantastic recording. Well, my favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in front of my loom. I have a many looms, and I make many things on my looms. So when I'm weaving, that's when I listen to audiobooks. And then, you know, they're on my phone, so I end up listening to them in my car and stuff. But I prefer when I'm doing something with my hands. So I spent, I don't know, from September to March making something like 30 scarves and oh, I don't know, maybe 50 yards of tea towels by hand, and that is when I listen to audiobooks. Bet you I surprised you out there, huh? Yep, I weave stuff. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. To understand anything is to understand energy. Daddy took me down to the main box the day after we moved in. He showed me all the breakers, and when I call it a fuse box, he said, say consumer unit now, no more fuses. Can I call it the main box? Because consumer unit sounds too, uh, main box is fine, he said. What's that? I asked, pointing to a diagram Daddy had tacked to the wall. It is drawing of electricity in-house, he answered. I squinted. This was what he saw when he looked at the house, the world, everything. There were a lot of shapes, but mostly forward slashes like this, all over the place. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash nextlisten.